The steps are not hard. It's the mindset. But if you can work that mindset and you can take those steps, you will soon have a business and you will get paid to be you and you will start to find abundance. And the happiness is in the journey because it's never really about selling the product or building the online class or getting your podcast to grow. It's about who you become along the way. It's about what it reveals in you. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome to the Kathy Heller Podcast. This show is meant to be a guide for you. I want to be that mentor who can hold your hand through this journey. I know that there are so many twists and turns in navigating not only what is happening in our mind, but also understanding strategically how we want to get from where we are to where we want to go. In the show, we're going to talk not only about how we can start to become aware of what are the subconscious things that are holding us back and how we can instead choose thoughts that are actually going to propel us forward. But in addition to changing the landscape internally, we are going to talk about the strategies that actually will help you to build a profitable business, getting paid to be you. Because when you have a business where you do what you love, you never really have to have that sense of work because it's a pleasure, because it's joy. And really, I want you to have the most abundant life. I want you to have the kind of life that you love waking up to every day that you don't feel like you need a vacation from. So together on the show, every single episode, I want to be your friend. I want to be your mentor. I want to show you what is it that I think has really been insightful, been helpful. What are the tools and strategies? What are the mindset shifts that have helped me? And what are the things that have helped my guests to get to where they are? How can we together sort of cross this river to the most fulfilling life where we show up and we feel like we are living into our potential and having the most gorgeous, beautiful experience? Because after all, that is what we all desire. We're all craving to have the most joyful, beautiful life. And I really believe that we can design that and that we can experience a life that we just absolutely love. And not only will we enjoy it, but it will be a possibility for other people. It will show other people what's there for them. And then maybe together, each one of us, by being the happiest versions of ourselves and being the most fulfilled versions of ourselves, we will help other people to reach for that higher branch and to find that in their own life. Hey, this is Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the Kathy Heller Podcast. We are switching it up a little on today's episode, but before we get into that, I just have to tell you that starting on Monday, we are doing a five-day free workshop. It's free. It's five days. It's called Most Abundant Year. It's an immersion. I'll be live with you every single day. There are already over 12,000 people signed up. So come on in and join the party. It's going to be so much fun. You can grab your spot at kathyheller.com slash workshop. And I just can't wait. It's going to be such a fun thing. We are going to be talking about how this year can be the most abundant, the most delicious, the most creative the best year ever. So sign up for free, kathyheller.com slash workshop. So today I'm excited because we're airing an interview that I did on someone else's podcast. It's a show called Everyone's Talking Money. It's hosted by the awesome Shauna Game. We talked about what it takes to build a life of abundance, how we can reframe the way we look at money, get into that elevated state of feeling good, and so much more. This conversation hit on a lot of points that have been on my mind lately. So I thought, you know what? I'd love to share this with my audience. I want to thank Shauna for letting us play this for all of you. And I definitely want you to go listen to her podcast. Again, it's called Everyone's Talking Money. She has over 900 episodes, so there's plenty of content to go through. We're going to have links to her show in the show notes that you can go follow her. I think you're going to enjoy this. Let's dive in. Kathy, I am so thrilled to have you join us on Everyone's Talking Money podcast. Thanks so much for being here. This is just so much fun. And I really love talking about money. 
I think it's the sort of doorway to so many good conversations. And so I love that that's what your whole podcast sort of begins with. And I'm here for it. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we we love this idea of talking about money. I love talking about our relationship with money and how those two connect, because that's something that um, you just don't hear a lot when we are talking about the conversation around money. And something that I really want to talk to you about is this idea of of abundance. When I was thinking about the questions, kind of what I wanted to talk to you about, I was reading your bio and it started with this line that you are a fire hose of inspiration. And so I thought, you know, what better to bring to our audience than a little inspiration? So, you know, I want to dive into your money story a little bit, dive into this idea of abundance. And, you know, I think on the show, we talk about money and I've struggled with this in the past that abundance can't just be about the amount of money you make or about the amount of money you have in your bank account, right? That that doesn't really bring true abundance. So kind of starting us out thinking about this idea of abundance, Kathy, like how do we define it? What does it look like? Oh my gosh, this is just fun. It's so much fun. So thank you for that beautiful introduction. What comes to mind first, and then I I just want to take this in so many fun places is One of the people that I've had on my podcast is Deepak Chopra, and his last book is called Abundance. And I'm going to start here because I think he says it so well that the universe is abundant. It's infinite. It's literally infinite. And every acorn is the promise of thousands of forests. So I start there, and then I'll backtrack and tell you that when I was in my 20s, I was 21. I had just graduated from college and I had an accidental, beautiful adventure where I went to Jerusalem after college for a two-week trip and I stayed for three years. And I just didn't intend that that was going to be the case, but I met a Kabbalist who I just was on the phone with this morning. We speak every Thursday morning. He's been my greatest teacher for 20, let's see, I'm 43, so 22 years. And He taught me abundance and it's very similar to Deepak's view of the world, right? When you start to understand this universe and you start to understand Einstein, Einstein is the best way in because science is the great unifier. People get a little bit uncomfortable around the languages that people use around different spiritual terms, but not science because math is math. And Einstein taught us that the world is actually not in three dimensions as we see it with our eyeballs. Our eyes see things in cubes. They look physical they, and, they, and every physical thing looks separate from everything else. So the coffee cup on your table looks like it's separate from your hand and your hand looks like it's a distance away from the wall, right? When really the world is in 10 dimensions, that's actual reality. So we, people say, be realistic. What real reality, if you actually want to know, <laughs> it's 10 dimensions and it's all made of energy. And we are all, whether we want to buy in or not to science, that's our decision, but it doesn't make it not true that the way that energy works is that an atom, which is what everything's made of, is 99% frequency, just energetic, and it's less than 1% physicality, particle. So the world is this infinite, abundant field. Okay. So when you kind of know that, you wear different glasses. You have different lenses. And when you have that lens, you know that all things are are right here, right? It's like a big field of consciousness, of energy. It's so beautiful. And it can sound really out there and really woo, but it's not. I'll give you a really hard and fast example is that when you cut your finger, 
everyone's had that happen, a paper cut or you, you nick yourself. What happens immediately is that your body immediately goes into repair. Okay. So that's a really good example of how the world we live in is actually not net neutral. It's net positive. So the second you get a little nick on your finger, you take it for granted. You no longer see this as a miracle. It's just nature. It's just science, but your body immediately repairs it. It's the same thing with everything else. So if I took two guitars and I used to be a musician full time, if I took two guitars and I put these two different guitars on the table next to me, um, those two guitars would actually connect to each other in a really interesting way. If I plucked the C string on one guitar, do you know what happens to the other guitar? What? Tell me. The C string on that guitar will vibrate. Oh, okay. Right. Okay, so, so, they're, so yeah, they're so, like working together in harmony, right? Yeah, but really in resonance. So meaning what whatever frequency right? Because everything emits a frequency. Whatever frequency is sent out, it's exactly what comes back. So if you pluck the F string or the D string, the C string on the other guitar doesn't move, the F string does. Because there's actually a law, right? Again, this is why I say just go to the science. Forget anything spiritual if that freaks you out. Just go to the science. The universe works in residence. So what I say to people is, you also, just like everything we just talked about, you emit a vibration. It's, Malcolm Gladwell says in his book, Blink, he describes the science that within four seconds, when someone walks into a room, everybody else in the room can feel that person's resonance. You can tell if that person's having a good day or a bad day. You can tell if that person's energy is contracted, restricted. It's a feeling that is immediate and is immediately transferred. So... If and when you decide to look through the eyes of the world being what it actually is, which is infinite and abundant, it's really right here for you. And then all of a sudden you start to feel how many incredible moments of joy there are from looking at the 98 shades of green outside your window. When you're in that space and you start to see actually what's here, your whole vibration is a vibration of creativity. It's positivity. You will not be able to help it. You will be drawn, right? You will be magnet to more abundance in every way. And so the thing is, that's really fascinating is that most people get into a lot of contrast and a lot of issues with money because they're of this belief that on the other side of having money, they'll feel joy. But joy is for no reason. Joy in and of itself is the lightness of your own being. So when you think of abundance, what we're really craving is a feeling change. What we really want every day is yeah. to feel good, is to feel joy, is to feel peace. So what I'm saying is that's available right now. And when that's the note you're playing, you won't be able to help it. In fact, a good example is like the Dalai Lama. Let's use him as an example. I don't know the guy personally. I wish I did, but... He emanates joy, right? Not from something outside of himself. He seems to be the kind of person who, regardless of whether he's sitting in traffic or somebody next to him is in a bad mood, whatever happening in his environment won't decide his well-being. And so what's happened is he's become a magnet for every good feeling and abundance possible because he is abundance. So what I'm saying is when we understand that our job in this life is to tune our own instrument to a frequency of feeling good and joy and well-being, 
the abundance is already now done. So whatever amount of money you have, whatever business you have, whatever relationship you have, of course, that's just going to be a byproduct of it's going to flow from that. And it won't be the thing that makes you happy or not happy because you're already happy, but it'll just be an, an extension of that happiness, an extension of that joy. So what I found is that by being in this, in this sort of zone, I was able to go into all kinds of realms. And then sure enough, like, this would turn into a million dollars. And then that would turn into $5 million. And I was like, I never thought about it. I never worried about it. I was just so happy and grateful in the moment that it allowed for so much more to keep coming because I didn't need it to come. And so I have so much to say about money and so much to say about abundance. And people have so many ways of blocking themselves from money because they want it so badly and they have shame around wanting it. And they think that it's the thing that'll make them happy, but then they judge other people who have it because they believe that it's the root of all evil. And (laughs) all of that stuff is such a trip because money is just a resource. Money is just like any resource, whether it's water, which is a great resource or fire, which can be an amazing resource. We would not be able to cook our food without fire. All of these things are incredible resources And they're all neutral, right? It's how you use a toaster that matters. It's how you use water that matters. Someone can drown from it. Someone can also live from water, right? So it's either life-giving or it's life, you know, altering. And money is one of those things. And the Talmud says that money is the great magnifier. It compares it to a garden. And so if money were to fall in a garden on top of some roses, there will be more roses. But if money were to fall on like rain, weeds, there'll be more weeds. And so if you already at your core are not an integrity and you have more energy, that whatever it is will grow, right? And if you have less energy, it won't grow. So if you are inherently right now in alignment, you have integrity, you just want to do good, there are tons of people who have money who are the reason that things get underwritten. If you go to any hospital or any museum or any science you know, lab, there's a building with someone's name on it. Um, and then there are people who have no money who are extremely generous and they're generous without the money. They give of their time. They give of themselves. And then there are people who have no money who are really not kind and the money <laughs> is not the factor. And then there are people who have a lot of money who they're still really not in a place of generosity and there's no amount of money that's enough for them to feel that they can give of themselves. And so it's not really about the money, it's about the alignment. And that's why I say all of the abundance that we seek is from the beginnings of the things that I said. It's inside of your own energy. It's inside of your own well-being. You really, if somebody promised you that you could have a zillion dollars, but you wouldn't be happy, or you could be like the Dalai Lama and feel that good and not have money, you'd pick being like him. Because all we really want is to feel freaking good. We've just convinced ourselves that the only way to feel good is to have more money. And there are plenty of people who are happy who have no money. And there are plenty of people who are happy who have money. And to decide that by not having money, you could never be happy is, is deluding yourself. And to decide that people who have money are really unhappy, it's also not true. There's plenty <laughs> of people on both sides of the aisle, on both sides of those continuums. It depends on the person, Focus 
equals feeling. It's what you're focusing on. If your thoughts are in a lousy place, you can have money or no money, you won't feel good. If your thoughts are in a very elevated place, you could have money or no money, you've won. You're great. So money is really fun to talk about, like I said, because people think it's the end of the discussion. It's just the beginning of the discussion. Yeah. I um, I went to Africa about 10 years ago or so. I went to Kenya and it was such a fascinating experience because, you know, you were surrounded by people who really didn't have a lot of stuff. Their houses were kind of tent-like. There was, you know, mud floor underneath. There wasn't even kind of concrete. There wasn't a lot, you know, but they were so happy and it just, it really stood out to me. And I, I thought, my gosh, like we here in America, were surrounded by so much that we really just take advantage of or that we're not maybe generous of in the way that we should be thinking about it in that perspective. And that we struggle here in America with this idea of, of happiness and abundance. And what does that truly mean? Where, you know, so many people live without the things that we live with and are just so generally happy and, yeah. and willing to give to other people. It's so and it's just, yeah, it's, it's such a, just an eye-opening experience. And you talked about this idea of alignment, right? Being abundant, being in abundance is about this alignment. And, you know, when I talk about money, it's it's very much kind of the same thing. I'm talking about this this relationship and the story and, you know, kind of what is going on, you know, kind of under the scene, under the covers, if you will. And that that's very much determines, you know, how you use your tool of money kind of out here out here in the world. But you talked about this idea of of alignment. And I'm thinking, you know, what if somebody's listening, Kathy, and they're like, okay, I understand this, but I really don't feel like I'm living any version of an abundant life. Like I either feel stuck or I just, I don't feel like I can even get to that place of happiness. How do I start? Is it moment by moment things I'm doing and appreciating and looking at and thinking about? Or, you know, how do I start bringing on this idea of abundance? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I think it's such a beautiful question to unpack. And I think you and I, just like everybody else. That's why we do a podcast because we want to keep unpacking that, right? Like we're both until we're 105 are going to be asking those questions. <laughs> yes. And it is so beautiful, isn't it? That you can go and see people who don't have the big house on the hill in Beverly Hills and they're really genuinely happy. Like, and I, I, my grandmother passed away seven years ago, but she grew up with very, very little and immigrant coming from Ukraine and escaping persecution and pogroms and losing family members, right? And then grew up in a, in a tenement, right? On the Lower East Side. And her mom died when she was little. And there was all these people who had a tuberculosis and they took baths in the kitchen sink. And there was one toilet for 26 families to share. And it was outside. And... What did she say to me? She said, I realized something amazing, which is that the library was free. So she taught herself to read and wow. um, she read all these books. And then she would go to these dance clubs and she didn't have any money for pantyhose. So she would take an eyeliner pencil and draw a line up the back of her legs so that it would look like she was wearing pantyhose. And she would dance the night away in Harlem at this club called Roseland. And she met my grandfather and she thought, oh my gosh, he's tall, dark, and handsome. He's probably Italian. He's going to find out I'm Jewish. He's never going to want to marry me. And one day she confessed and he said, I'm Jewish too. And she said, I thought you were Italian. And he said, oh good, thank God I can introduce you to my mother and she won't disown me. <laughs> and they got married. And then he had all this innovative qualities to him. And you know what he did? He started making cardboard and putting it inside of his own dress shirts in the collars. And 
Next thing he knew, he thought, wait, people need this. And so he started to go door to door. And then it became a thing where men's dress shirts had cardboard in the collars. And now I think it's advanced and it's whatever. But my grandfather was the person who started that. That's an amazing story. But why I say that is they were both dirt poor, okay, dirt poor. And why why did they wind up bumping into something that wound up paying for, I mean, when my mom grew up, right, she's their kid. She grew up in the suburbs. She had a car. She had a sweet 16, like American dream, right? And my grandfather and his four brothers supported their whole, all of their families with this business. But why did that even happen? Because my grandfather and my grandmother had the courage to go dancing and go to the library instead of sitting there saying, here's all the evidence of why things are really bad. My mother just died. We've lost family in Europe. We have no money. But instead it was like, what could I do today? I could read that book. That would feel better. I could go dancing. Now I met her. Ooh, now that I'm dancing, I want to keep my dress shirt collar up. Ooh, actually, you know what? (laughs) Even though I don't speak great English, what if I walked over to so-and-so and and I sold it to him and now I sold it to him and now I sold it to him. And do you know what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say is- It takes great optimism to be an entrepreneur. It takes great optimism. In fact, Angela Duckworth, who was on my show years ago, wrote a book called Grit. And they looked into Grit. It's a great book. And she did this TED Talk about how when they went into classrooms, even in the classrooms where kids were doing just the worst, they could literally turn the whole classroom around with Carol Dweck's work from out of Stanford. She wrote a book called Mindset. And they would apply these techniques. And next thing they knew, these kids would just do so much better. And they realized that the quality that makes people successful was grit. However, the next thing that Angela Duckworth found out is that there's one thing that correlates to grit. And it's optimism. It's optimism. Mm. And that in order to be Serena Williams and stay on that court until you're ready to cough up blood and you don't move, you need to have a level of feeling the possibility. And so every great person, whether it was Nelson Mandela or JFK, right? It's the vision. And she said, that is something that we have to take responsibility for. And so I think that is extremely powerful research, which shows that when you wake up in the morning, you're going to select your thoughts the way you select the clothes you're going to wear. And you're going to be aware and say, hang on a second. I mean, this is the whole reason people meditate. This is the whole reason for mindfulness. It's like, can I be aware of where my thoughts are at? If my thoughts are already starting the day with nothing ever works out for me, there's no way this day is going to go well. But how do I want to feel today? Right? What do I want to accomplish today? I'm going to need to select my thoughts and say, maybe there are clues everywhere. Maybe there are things that I can do today that could have impact one person. What could I give away? What could I do that would bring me a sense of ease? What could give me a little momentum? All of a sudden, you will have a very different day if you can do that for three minutes every single morning. And this is literally, again, people seem to love science. They'll hate psychology sometimes, but they love science. (laughs) That's hard science. Like that's literally what they have found by studying thousands and thousands of successful people is that there was some point in their process where they made it their business every morning to change the way their mind was just running on a program. It's like, no, it's not going to work, right? Phil Jackson had Michael Jordan and the entire Bulls team sit on their butt and meditate. He had the Lakers do the same. And that's why those two teams dominated. It wasn't because they had 
this extra gene that's up. No, it's from your visualizing. It's from choosing and selecting how you think might something be possible, right? And that's what it is. And I think what happens is we have a thought that we're a victim of our environment and there's nothing we could ever do differently. And then we don't really have a great day. But if we decide that there is something about us that is so creative and so compelling and we change the way we see what's possible just today and we decide we're going to feel differently today, we're going to be creative and we might actually start to get into something and start to be generous and start to feel abundant. And next thing we know, we might have an amazing opportunity arise or we might start a business or we might start a podcast because we're not sitting there looking down at the dirt on our feet and all the evidence of why things are horrible, we're looking at the possibility of what could come in any situation. And that is really, that's like the hero's journey of every human life, isn't it? Yeah. And I think what's what's really interesting, I'm a big meditation person. Um, I created a Me journal too. a couple of years ago called Money Mindset Journal. And it's about this idea of creating an environment, creating optimism for yourself and also creating this idea of pause. You know, I think when we talk about money, we live in a very kind of scarcity driven society. Scarcity is kind of thrust in our face all day long from every direction. And so it's really easy if you're just running on autopilot to let that be kind of, you know, the conscious messaging that's going on uh, inside of you and really directing everything. And so it's it's easy to be pissed off about your money situation or, you know, if a bill came out of, you know, left field or your tires, you know, came off or whatever it might be. Or, I mean, obviously a, a very real, you know, feelings around money, right? Anxiety, shame, guilt, all of these emotions around money are really running wild through most of us. So, creating some space for yourself where you can have pause moments, where you can think through, how am I thinking? How am I interacting with money? How am I thinking about in terms of abundance or what I want my day to bring me? I think is is really important. To, you know, I'd even encourage everyone listening, like, just give it a try. <laughs> you know, just get up one morning and try it a little bit. And you know, I was reading in a recent article about Variety that was talking about you and it, you have a quote in there, or, or it has a quote in there, I should say. It says that you theorize that all humans have this capacity to change their lives for better and rewrite the narrative they've been given. And I love that because, you know, we talk about money stories on this show a lot and how the idea that what has already happened in your money story, that's already been written, right? We can't change a lot of that. But going forward into the future, we have a lot of control over that, you know, and it's it's not something that we talk a lot about, but I think it's really important. So, you know, I was wondering, Kathy, like thinking about this, like how do you see, you know, the stories or the money stories really impacting our ability to live in abundance and make that choice of abundance? Oh, there's so many of them. And I want to answer your question. And also I want to say this, which is that it's a both and, which most things in life are because we live in a world of action, right? While we have so much that is in the resonance, right? Like if you go to lunch with someone, regardless of how cool you love their outfit and you appreciate what they're wearing, what will impress you most is their energy, right? Like if the right, person right, has yeah. a high vibe, doesn't matter what jacket they have on, right? <laughs> so Yes, the energy of things, the mindset behind things probably does 99%, okay? But then there's the world of action, right? Because if the person with that high vibe didn't show up to the lunch and just thought about you telepathically, you might not have any sense, right? You might be like, 
why didn't you like get in the car and show up? Like I can have a vision for my daughter's birthday and I could just say, I just have this vision, but it's like at the end of the day, like take that vision now and hang up the happy birthday banner and get her the stuff from Build-A-Bear and like, now she's good to go, right? We live in a world of action. So it's both. So I do want to spend a little time today talking about the action because I think that people find that really helpful. It's like, could you just tell me what to do? And it's like, yeah, we're going to do both, right? Give me the 10 steps. Yeah, exactly. Because there's a both, right? That the steps are probably like 2%, but you need those steps because look how much you and I have gotten out of hitting record, publishing a podcast, taking those steps. It's like, don't not do that. You're, that's like you're the missing. forward movement, right? Like exactly. That, yeah, that's the propelling energy that's going to So get. that's why I have a multi-million dollar business because it's both and I geek out on the action part. I love that part. I like the game of it. It is so much fun to play it and keep finding out how to play it better and better with empathy and integrity and creativity. So we can get into that. But yes, what stops people from the action is the mindset. First of all, people will say to me, I'd love to build a business, which is really what I help people to do. I help people build a business, getting to be paid to be them, right? Getting to zero in on their passion, whether it's floral design or organizing or painting and getting paid to do it. That's literally my thing. Okay. And what stops people is the mindset. Like you said, number one, it's who am I to get paid to do this? I feel like I'm ripping people off. They could hire a better organizer. So we have to deal with that. Then there's the feeling of, well, if I do make money, I feel so responsible now. Oh my gosh, if I'm a coach all of a sudden, I feel like this person, I'm going to be drowning in responsibility because I'm responsible for this person. So there's some mindset stuff around that, right? Then there's the mindset stuff around, Kath, have you been on, on the internet? There's a thousand other people who want to be architects. Why would I, they would already hire them. There's a totally. thousand things that stand in the way of you taking the simple action because of where your mind is. So absolutely, like, The mindset stuff is everything because if you're going to go out to dinner and you can't plug into the GPS where you're going, the GPS can't tell you how to get there. If you can't even see clearly, like, I think I want sushi, I'm going to tell it. So if you're, (laughs) if you just can't even tell it where you're going because you can't even see the possibility that there's a sushi restaurant or Italian restaurant that you actually want to go to and sit down at, you won't type it in. Therefore you won't get the directions. So The action part, the directions, don't you notice you type it into the GPS within like 15 seconds, it tells you exactly how to get there. The action part is actually not the hard part. It's the vision of claiming this. So when I started a podcast six years ago, my daughter, who's six, was 10 days old and I was so tired and I was so busy and I already had two other kids who were under the age of four. And I had no business starting a podcast because I had so much else going on. And I was a songwriter full-time. I was writing music for Disney, for McDonald's commercials. I had a full-time business writing music for film and TV. And I just wanted to start this show. But even with that, I never said the words, I'm trying to start a podcast. I said, I'm starting a podcast. I'm doing a podcast. I claimed it. It was like, as long as I'm doing this, I'm all in. I'm doing this. And as soon as I told myself, because with with the way psychology is inside of us, we will want to be congruent with who we say we are. So if you tell yourself that you're a healthy person, you will put your running shoes on and run. If you tell yourself, oh, I'm kind of not not so health conscious, (laughs) you won't commit to the health stuff, right? If you tell yourself, I'm a punctual person, I'm a person with integrity, you will always show up with integrity because you will always want to be congruent with who you say you are. So when I tell myself, 
I'm doing this, all of a sudden my brain starts to give me clues and evidence that I'm going to do this next thing and this next thing. So absolutely, the mindset stuff is huge. And then we can get into the steps. And you know what happens? As soon as I tell people the next step, once they think the mindset stuff is done, they bump up against the mindset stuff again. For instance, right, totally. I say, it keeps I, coming back, right? Because I'll say to people, okay, you got the vision? And they say, yes, I'm going to open a bed and breakfast. Or, okay, yes, I'm going to teach guitar. Oh, okay, yes, I'm going to start a business selling these hand-poured, non-toxic candles. I say, great. The first step, first step is for you to get your own focus group right? Every product that's ever been out there, you give it away for free and you get feedback. They go, oh God, I got to put this in front of a person. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, now all my imposter syndrome comes up. Now I feel my ego can't bear being rejected. It's like, oh no, 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 no. This is the beginning of the journey. Rejection is redirection. Feedback is the best thing ever. It's the answer key. You got to get in there. You got to have the willingness to be messy. You got to have the courage to keep editing. That's how every iPhone keeps getting better. That's how every movie goes through edit after edit. Steven Spielberg shoots the movie for three months. He edits the movie for the year. Okay. The editing is a longer process than the creating because you have to just begin in the market. When I used to write music, I would send it in knowing there would be 20 rounds of notes. Take the horns out of this, speed up the intro, change the lyric on the bridge. Of course. Right. So if your ego is going to get that wounded, we've got a problem now. We can't even begin. But the, let's say they say, fine. I can start. I did it. I tested it. Then you say, great. You made those gluten-free cake pops. You gave it away to one mom, somebody who you know from Carline at school. What did she think of it? Now ask her, is there anything she would change about it? Does she like the consistency? Does she want it to be a different flavor? Now ask her what she would pay for it. Now she says she liked it. You went back. You made it better. The cinnamon one tastes even more delicious. She's ready. Now she says, can I have that? Now you got to be willing to say, I'm going to allow her to pay me for this, right? And then again, all the imposter syndrome comes up. I don't know how to price it. It's like, well, everything has a price. Everything in the market has a price. Every home has a price, depending on the square footage and where you live. Every candle, there's a high end and the low end. There's a lipstick, a high end and a low end. Just start. So then it goes back to the courage, right? And it's just amazing how the steps are not hard. It's the mindset. But if you can work that mindset and you can take those steps, you will soon have a business and you will get paid to be you and you will start to find abundance. And the happiness is in the journey because it's never really about selling the product or building the online class or getting your podcast to grow. It's about who you become along the way. It's about what it reveals in you, right? I mean, my show started six years ago. Now we have 40 million downloads and it's not the 40 million downloads. It's who I've become by continuing to have to make many decisions along the way and by continuing to have to be holding the space and stronger and more courageous. That's the satisfaction. It's not in the outcome. It's in who I've become in the journey. So how do you practically, Kathy, like when you get stuck in those moments of kind of getting back in the mindset where all the false beliefs and the negative talk and like everything's kind of coming at you. Do you have any like process or system or things that you do to kind of get you back in a place where you're like, no, okay, okay, I got this. I can do this. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's all the time, right? Because that's why we're on the planet. Like we came here to keep growing. If you look at water, water that doesn't move 
it dies. Like if you look at pond water, you can't drink it. It's, it's disease. It has algae in it. It's not safe. You get sick from that. If you look at water in a river that keeps growing, keeps striving, keeps moving, it's life-giving. We came here to play that video game of constantly finding an area in our life where we bump up against a limiting belief. We bump up against where we are willing to like kind of bow out of being courageous and we find another opportunity to be courageous. So I have it every day and it's awesome because there's always an opportunity to say, Ooh, I don't feel like being honest with my mom right now because I don't want to hurt her feelings. Or I feel like just, you know, lowering my boundary right now with a client. It's like, no, don't protect, be in alignment. See if you cannot be codependent, right? Like constantly, or I feel like changing the name of my podcast and well, am I going to lose people? It's like, well, what's really losing people? Because if I'm really not aligned anymore with that, then isn't that losing myself, right? So there's these constant things. So what do I do? I am constantly on the lookout for the areas every day where I can have a breakthrough. And it's always in choosing the alignment. I just had something in business with someone where we came to an impasse and I had to um, be very much in integrity and I had to be respectful. And at the same time, I, I knew I had to hold a boundary and it was hard because I really valued this person. But I knew that at the end of the day, no matter what the outcome was, I knew I had to stay in integrity and it's not easy, especially when you have the kind of protective mechanisms like I have, like be a pleaser at all costs. <laughs> me too. That, You're in good company. <laughs> right. But that doesn't really serve me as an adult. And ultimately, when you're in integrity, even if the person doesn't love your answer, if you say it with kindness and you come from alignment, it ultimately is the best thing for them too, because they don't really want a version of you out there in the world that's lying on some level because you're trying to be a pleaser. So believe me, I have it all the time. And I also do enjoy it. I had something also in a few months ago where I was doing something I couldn't see I was doing. And I became conscious of it where I was putting a couple people on a pedestal and I didn't notice it. And it came back to sort of bite me. And I realized, oh, I'm not in sixth grade anymore. And because of that person's status, I had been unconsciously kind of over delivering. And it's like, oh, wait, I don't have to do that. I can have an integrity cleanse. I'm an adult. They're not my boss. There's actually nothing I need from them. And I don't actually have to have everybody in my circle. I can kind of clean my circle and only have the people in my life who I really feel reciprocity with. And I just kind of love when those things happen because we become conscious of areas that we were unconsciously kind of holding ourselves back from more of a feeling of fullness. So, yeah. oh, I have it all the time. And I guess my answer is I'm constantly looking for it. I'm actually looking for it and excited about it when I see it. I go, ooh, this is going to hurt. That means there's growth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I love this idea. We, we've talked a lot in this conversation about, about abundance, that this is our, our choice, right? That we each, no matter what circumstance we're in, we get, you know, moment by moment choice of how we want to live, how we want to interact, how we want to think about things. Um, you brought up optimism, which I think is amazing. So, you know, if, if we're listening, we're like, okay, 
Kathy, yes. Like we're saying yes to this idea of, of abundance. We want to stop, you know, dreaming about our future. We really want to start living it out. What words of action or inspiration or even just thought do you want to leave us with? Like if we only take away this from the conversation, what do you want to like really stick with us? I think that one thing that's really helpful, and this is a Kabbalistic idea that I think really helps us understand the world is um, the word Kabbalah actually means to receive. That's what the word means. And I think that the whole game that we're playing is to be in a state of radical receptivity, radical reception. And it's kind of like a radio. If I actually, in real terms, had a radio sitting next to me, depending on where I tuned the receiver, I would hear different music, right? If I tune the receiver to this station right here in this very room, we could all do this experiment. Depending on where the receiver is tuned, I will hear a different song, a different broadcast. And I think that's how life is. It's like when you are in receptive mode, when your receiver is turned on, depending on what frequency, depending on what you're available for, you'll get it. And I think we don't notice that the receiver that the reception has anything to do with what we're getting. I think we think we're just getting the music and it has nothing to do with where the radio is tuned. But that's really what I would leave you with is really start to be aware. How available for joy are you today? How available for wealth are you today? Or do you, because your brain will protect you. And if deep down you have an unconscious belief that having money will ruin your life or make you a greedy person or it will cost you something, you will not let it in. If you have a deep down subconscious belief that being in a relationship will actually cost you a lot, it won't matter how many dating sites you're on, your brain will protect you because it will be consistent with what you believe. So you have to look at what station are you tuned to? What receptivity do you have? Because that's what you will allow in. And so I think that's really why my life feels this way, because I learned that outlook very, very early in the journey. And it it made all the difference. Wow. Well, what a pleasure and honor to have you share this with everyone listening. I know that, you know, it's definitely touched me. And I, I know everyone listening is probably going to be pumped to go out there and tune their receivers and start living this this abundant life. I would love for you to tell everyone listening, if they want to connect with you, Kathy, and check out your show, where do they find you? Yeah, there's so many fun ways to do that. And thank you for all of the kind words. My podcast is called the Kathy Heller Podcast. You can find it anywhere you find podcasts. And every January, once a year, we do a free five-day workshop called Most Abundant Year, which is really fun and it's live. And that starts January 23rd. And they can join that with kathyheller.com slash workshop. I'm also on Instagram at kathy.heller. Kathy is with a C. And thank you for having this awesome conversation. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Here are the takeaways. Number one, the universe is abundant. It's infinite. Every acorn is the promise of thousands of forests. When you look through the eyes of the world being what it actually is, which is infinite and abundant, it's really right here for you. Number two, joy is for no reason. Joy in and of itself is the lightness of your own being. Number three, when we understand that our job in this life is to tune our own instrument to a frequency of feeling good and joy and well-being, the abundance is already done. Number four, money is just a resource and a magnifier. So it's not really about the money. It's about your alignment, your own energy, and your own well-being. If your thoughts are in a very elevated place, you could have money or no money because you've already won. 
Number five, it takes great optimism to be a great entrepreneur. You need to feel the possibility and the vision. We have to take responsibility for that. Make it your business every morning to select your thoughts. Number six, the steps and the action are not hard. It's the vision of claiming this. It's the mindset. If you can work that mindset and take those steps, you will get paid to be you and you will start to find the abundance. Number seven, the happiness is in the journey. It's never really about selling the product or getting your podcast to grow. It's about who you become along the way. And number eight, the whole game that we're playing is to be in a state of radical research. Receptivity. It's about radical reception. Look at what station you're tuned to and what receptivity you have because that's what you're going to allow in. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I know that you have a zillion things you could be doing and it means so much to me that you're here. Thank you so much, really and truly. And if you want to be sure to catch all of our episodes coming up, then please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. And if you love the show, please leave us a review because it really is the best way to support us. If there's someone who you think would benefit from this episode, maybe you can post about it on your Instagram or you can email the link to someone. If you do post about it, you can tag me at kathy.heller and you can tag Shauna at Shauna Game, S-H-A-N-N-A-H. I know that she would love to see that you enjoyed this episode. And finally, just a reminder that my five-day workshop starts on Monday. It is free. It is five days. We're going to do giveaways. We're going to go over all of the ways that you can get paid to be you, that you can turn your passion into profit. It's going to be so much fun and it's free. You can go to kathyheller.com slash workshop. I think there's already over 12,000 people who are registered. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait to see you guys in there. I love you so very much. I'll leave you with a song. Have an amazing weekend.